0: All right. So welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And today I am really, really excited. Hayden Humphrey, he's a success coach. He's a speaker and a professional trainer. And he has the ability to elevate the human experience. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. Hayden has a great background. He works with individuals who want to quit their corporate position, right, and get into that entrepreneurial life where that they can get paid to be themselves. And I think that's a really, really rich conversation. I know those that are listening to this episode are going to get a lot of value out of that. Because outside of your private practice, you partner with organizations and teams to help them more effectively create, collaborate, and communicate through workshops and speaking engagements You also have your own Elevate podcast, which is a weekly podcast where you create authentic, vulnerable conversations with inspiring entrepreneurs. You're based out of Chicago. So we got some mojo, Hayden. Yeah. And as we've learned, we've kind of have some mutual partnerships with people that just makes us so rich. So welcome to this week's episode.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, Marlo. Really excited to be here.
0: Okay, so I'm going to let you jump in, right? We have such a big, beautiful intro to you, Hayden, but what brings you into that space? Tell your story because that's where I think everybody wants to hear that message.
1: Thanks so much. So, yeah, so it's it's a much longer story, but what I will say at the base of it is I spent a really large part of my life doing all of the right things and trying to be a lot of things for a lot of different people. Aside from just being the person that I wanted to be and who I knew myself to be. And so when I graduated from college, I graduated with a business degree and I moved to San Francisco, you know, in an impressive city. And I started working at a startup, which I thought was impressive. And um, after working there for a bit, I went to work at LinkedIn, which at the time I was like, oh, this is a great brand, you know, name brand company. And so I was on this pattern, so to speak, of doing things that looked and seemed impressive. And it really all came to a head for me after I started a sales development position with LinkedIn, which is actually the thing that brought me here to Chicago. Um, And in essence, I ended up missing my sales quota, which doesn't seem like a huge deal. You know, even the best salespeople end up missing their quotas. But for me at the time, it really felt like this sort of world-ending experience and what was going through my brain was, you know, this is the the one thing that I've been hired to do and I've set this expectation. I've set the standard of excellence, so to speak, and I'm not going to be able to hit it. And so, I spent the entire month leading up to that just Wrapped in a blanket of anxiety, and I found it really difficult to connect with people, and was just incredibly you know, stressed out and anxious the entire time. and after the month is over, you know I missed the quota, world doesn't end surprisingly. And as I'm sitting there sort of reflecting on, on what had happened and why I'd had the experience, I just started to realize how much of my own personal value and, and worth as a human I was deriving from my professional accomplishments and from my resume and from the places where I was working. Um, And I didn't know it at the time, but really what I understand now was at play was I've just considered myself to be this unlikable, unlovable person. And everyone's got some flavor of that. But the way that I sort of compensated for it was, well, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to achieve a lot of things. I'm going to be an impressive person and therefore people will like me. And in some ways, it worked right like i I did well in college. I you know worked at these two great companies and you know got to move to California, which was awesome. Um, but at the same time, my experience was one of anxiety and just pressure, internal pressure, a lot of beating myself up, a lot of self judgment and shame, and you know realizing that i didn't have very close, intimate connected relationships with people. so when I realized this i I basically said this isn 't the place for me this This is not the position nor the company for me. I I really want to be doing my own thing. If... I'm going to leave. I might as well go full on after the thing that really interests me, which is entrepreneurship. And I'm very lucky that I have a family of entrepreneurs. My mom has owned an online, you know, retail store for the last 16 years. I have lots of aunts and uncles that, you know, own their own businesses. So it was something that I knew that I would do, quote unquote, eventually. But I, you know, didn't know what the timing was going to look like, and it just ended up being, you know, perfect timing. So I decided then, this was mid 2017, to leave um, with somewhat of a plan. And so, you know, really. At the end of next month, actually, end of June, it'll be three years that that I've been self-employed, and it's been such an interesting <laughs> experience, such an interesting ride. Um, but I have just, I feel like I've come home to myself in a lot of ways. I feel so much more connected. I feel so much more joyful. I feel like I'm creating the life that I have always wanted to, and I'm doing it in a way that doesn't feel like I'm killing myself every day or like I'm beating up on myself. Like I'm actually, I'm, I'm getting paid to be me in a sense. And I'm creating, you know, this, this awesome experience of life in a way that's fun and joyful and connected. And we had this really
0: rich conversation. I mean, that paid to be me. I, it resonates for so many people right now, Hayden, as they are listening to this episode, because, you know, that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, so it's just kind of a tricky thing, but 36 months ago, right? Is what you described three years coming up on three years, 36 months, you know, you've really moved a mountain. Take us 36 months ago. What was the catalyst of the decision to, Mm -hmm. to just go it alone? Okay. And then what have you learned in the 36 months about yourself as an entrepreneur?
1: Oh my goodness. So for the trigger itself, really for me, it was, it was missing the quota. And after I missed the quota, had this experience, it was sort of the domino of all of these other realizations around how I'd been living. And for me, that was really this coming to really confront the way that I'd been making decisions and realizing that I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to do the thing that would make me seem impressive. I didn't want to live my life based on, you know, what I thought would make other people like me or, you know, wouldn't tick off people or, you know, whatever it was. And so that, for me, that was really the, the trigger, the igniter and realizing there's this totally different experience of life that I want to be having. And I'm going to choose that right now. I'm going to start right now. Now's the time to leave. Now's the time to go, you know, after this thing, which was somewhat ambiguous at the time, but uh, felt much more aligned with what I thought felt called to do and, and what my gut was telling me. And, you know, I've talked with other people who have had similar experiences. They, you know, they get laid off, they don't get a promotion, somewhat traumatic ends up happening and they sort of have this, uh, you know, coming to the light moment where they realize that the way that they have been living is not the way that they want to continue to live. Um, so that was a bit about like what actually triggered it, and you know, in the in the time since, I mean, I could legitimately write a book about all of the things that I've learned about myself in in the last three years. A, a couple of core things that that I'll share. First and foremost is that I am more so than anything else focused on bringing my full authentic self to the world not only in terms of my understanding of myself and, and what I like, what I don't like, what I desire, um, what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, but um, also how important it is for me to build an experience that's also authentic to my core sense of self. So it's almost like building an external reality that's a direct reflection of who I am as a person. And I think that that's involved in the work that I do with people, the types of clients that I choose to work with, the type of work that I choose to take on, how I structure my day. Structure my <laughs> structure my schedule, um, you know the types of projects that I get involved in, like podcasting. I love podcasting. I love these types of conversations, um, but it's taken a lot of experimentation and it's also taken a lot of hard conversations with myself to understand what do I actually enjoy doing and mm-hmm. how do I intentionally bring more of those things into my life. So authenticity and who I am authentically has been super duper core. The second has been the this realization that for me commitment is the most important thing. And I, I feel very lucky in that I, I think it's, it's always been sort of this innate thing. But once I commit to something, it's, it's happening. Like there's, there's no questioning it. There's no doubting it. There's no, you know, maybe next year, whatever it is, like once I'm committed to something, that thing is, is happening. And that's been really powerful for me because it makes it all the more exciting when I decide to go after something bigger and scarier. And once I get over the hump and say, hey, this is scary, but I'm going to declare it anyways, and I'm going to commit to it, like it's happening. Like I'm in the middle right now of a, of a 30-day challenge that I'm calling the full-on focus challenge. Um, and it's basically the set of routines and exercises and things that I'm taking on, on on a daily basis. But once I committed to it, it's happening. There's, there's no questioning whether or not I'm going to cheat or end early. Like it's, I'm going the full 30 days.
0: So here's the thing. You've just described a very confident person. The definition of confidence is the purity of actions produced Mm -hmm. by mind free of doubt. And your ability to have a level of conviction speaks volumes. And here's the thing too, Hayden, as you were describing that, you know, like what was that turnkey moment moment? You know, you just said, today's the day I've decided I'm going to get out of the corporate gig and I'm going to jump into the space of being an entrepreneur and you owned it. And that's the beauty of it. And that's why you've been successful because you have an ingredient of Mm -hmm. confidence. It attracts. Mm -hmm. Confidence is full of magnetism. People want to learn how to be that confident person that you've been able to be and speak with conviction. And I think, so take us there. So as you serve clients in this space, right? How is that playing out?
1: You know, it's interesting that the, and I, and I love the the point that you just made a lot opens up when you start to lean into your own sense of confidence. And I think where that comes from is trust trust in self. It's consistency over time. And so, for me, I have not been that person historically. Like, this is a very new experience for me. And a lot of where that comes from has been small practices. So, starting in high school, you know, when uh, I I wasn't very well-known, I didn't have very high self-esteem. But when I decided senior year that, hey, you know, I'm going to go to state's Uh, this year in swimming and I went out and I made it happen that gave me a sense of trust that if I decide that I want to do something I can work hard enough and make that thing happen and all I've done is I've continued to do that over time I'm practicing setting the bar a little bit higher a little bit higher a little bit higher and going out and doing the work necessary until it actually happens so now it becomes a lot easier when I have this experience where I miss my quota to say hey I'm going to go do this thing because I look back and I've had all of these experiences where I've decided I was going to do something, I go out and do it. And now I know moving forward, I'm that much more confident in saying like, hey, you know, here's what's going to happen. And it's the same exact thing when I work with clients. It's really taking a look at who is it you want to be, who's the person that you want to become, and the practice starts right now, actually in this conversation. For a lot of people, when they hire me, that is the first time that they're practicing becoming the person that they want to become, and the person that they're going to be on the other side of working with me. And you know, all that to say, it's never perfect. Like you, you will mess up. I continue to mess up all the time. I don't do something. I say I'm going to do something, and then I don't do it. I, you know, I'm out of integrity. You know, whatever it is, but. It's all about just continuing to put more votes in the I'm trustworthy bucket than the I'm not trustworthy bucket and looking at like what are the different gradients at which I can practice that thing so that over time, I can make bigger and bigger declarations, I can be more confident, um, I can trust myself with larger and and larger projects.
0: So those weekly wins compounded over time are giving you the substance to do that. So that core principle of accolades and accomplishments fuel our self-confidence. And it's your ability to witness those accomplishments, those things that you're checking the box and witnessing the growth. So the beauty of that is documenting the growth and saying, you know what, the the actions I'm taking are getting bigger, they're getting riskier. That's when you are saying, okay, I can be this full-bodied person. I can be me because I've learned how to build trust within myself through this compound features. What what really you're describing. So I love to take that analogy like you know, and kind of break it down even granular because so many people I think struggle and entrepreneurs, let's be honest, they're listening to this podcast, right? So we teach people how to be sustainable and profitable entrepreneurs. So these conversations are very, very valuable because whether you're at the beginning phase of just thinking about like what Hayden did and taking a risk and saying, you know what? Um, I'm faced with some challenges, I need to do this or you're a well-seasoned person. This applies, this applies. Who do you work much. with? Who do you work with? And, and, and you know, why are people saying yes to Hayden? That's
1: a great question. Thanks, Marla. Uh, so the people that I work with are really me three years ago. Very similar to who I was in the situation that I was three years ago. So the types of people that I tend to attract and that I really love serving are committed to creating a life by design, whether they've articulated that or not. Usually that shows up as people who are extremely hard workers. So people who have always been in leadership positions in different student organizations in college, or when they got to work, they're the person who's leading the team in terms of results and in terms of, you know, their own work ethic. So they're those high achievers, those overachievers a lot of times. Um, you know, another facet of is, is I tend to work with people who are people pleasers. So people who, and whether or not they describe themselves that way, um, they're people who are generally likable. People very much so like them, they're positive, they bring about this magnet radiant energy and people like being a part of that and people like being around those people but at the same time it leads to having difficulty setting boundaries so a lot of times that leads to people feeling burned out they feel overwhelmed because they have a hard time saying no to things <laughs> they're saying yes to everything they're saying yes to everybody all the time and the person that they're not saying yes to is themselves and so the other facet of it is it tends to be people who consider themselves like I call them do it writers like they're doing all the right things like they went to college they are they got involved in all the organizations they went to the you know this great city and they got this great job at this great company and they're now at this place where they're like this is not this is not what i want and this is not what i expected and it feels like there's something huge that's missing here And I don't really understand why that is or what that is. Um, So it's working with those people to understand that they can have it any way that they want it. And once we start to build a vision of like, hey, here's how I want my life to go. Here's how I want my business to go. Um, It's then just a matter of inputting structure and and laying out, here are the planks that you need to walk across, here are the actions that you need to take to start to move towards, uh, you know, that future. And I think in terms of like why people work with me, I mean, one, it's because I'm an excellently trained coach. I have gone through and am on the leadership team for one of the most world-renowned coach training programs, Accomplishment Coaching. I have hundreds of hours of training experience, leadership development experience, coaching experience. So I bring the skills, yes. And from a personal perspective, I think one of the things that I bring is an enormous sense of compassion and non-judgment. I so get it. I so get what people are going through and how hard it can be to look at your life, decide you want something else and start to take the actions and take the steps towards going out to get it. And a lot of times it's not going to work out the first time and that's okay. It's totally fine. Um, but being able to create a space for someone to be able to safely explore their own power and their own sense of identity and authenticity, I find is incredibly valuable for people. Um, so, that, you know, that's what I would say. I've got the training, but also from a personality perspective, I get it. Um, and really the thing that I want more than anything else is for my clients to win.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's that relatability. I mean, people do relate, you relate to them, they relate to you in that synergy, you know, that like attracts like, and that's where you can really move those mountains. So I'm curious too, you mentioned, you know, high achievers, um, high performers. Hayden, mm-hmm. do you think people see themselves in that light? Or how would they describe themselves? So like, it's easy to put like that label on somebody. Yeah. But how do they see themselves in your opinion? I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I actually would say that most often people do label themselves that way, and I and I say that from experience because that's how I labeled myself <laughs> when I was in college, and you know after after I graduated and started working in corporate, you know a lot of times it's someone who just sees themselves as someone of excellence. They like being in leadership positions. They like being busy. They like taking on a lot of different projects, side projects, doing more, reaching for more, being more, sort of like leading the way. Um, what I would say is people don't often often describe themselves as people pleasers. That's, that's that's like my label for it. That's not how people describe themselves. Generally in that category, people are, you know, relate to themselves as people who are just straight up likable, just likable people. People are are generally want to be friends with this person. They want to be connected to this person. They want to be acquainted with this person. They don't have a hard time making friends or winning people over. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the insidious part of the, you know, the under, the flip side of it is it's hard to hold your own inside of, relationships. It feels like you're a chameleon, like you're molding to what everybody else wants you to be and how other people think you should or should not be showing up. And it can be hard to own that like sometimes someone will say something that uh, you know angers you or upsets you. And a lot of times the people I work with aren't open to sharing that with them, with with that person. You know, whether it's conscious or unconscious, there's this uh, assessment that my reality and my experience is somehow less valuable or less worthwhile than someone else's experience experience. And so, you know, a lot of times the folks that I work with from a people pleasing perspective, so to speak, that's the experience that they're having. They're a chameleon to everyone else. They're super likable, but at the same time, they feel very burned out. They feel like people don't know who they actually are and they have a hard time owning those innate desires and things that they want to create for themselves.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people matter. And I think, you know, you're getting to that that root level. How do you just quickly, you know, from that coaching perspective, how do you help somebody establish that value, you know, to be able to see their worth? Do you have a tip or a pointer in that space?
1: Oh, great question. Well, I mean, I think what I'll say from a coaching perspective, the way that I support people in realizing that thing is what, well, First and foremost, it's already there. like there's nothing else that needs to be said or done or practiced or achieved. The innate greatness and the innate value is already there in your beingness as a person. and so part of what I'll do with people is we'll actually articulate what are those core qualities, core character traits that make you unique that you just bring with you everywhere that you go. We call it your essence. what's the essence of who you are as a person? And the important part about that is that 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 never leaves. That's always accessible to you because that's just innately. You know, who you are as a human being. So, so much of my work is reminding people of that over and over and over and over and over again until they just start that starts to become the go to place for them to choose from and act from versus fear or their feelings or, you know, any other area. I think what I would provide people, you know, outside of coaching is similar to what I said earlier about trust, is just take a look at what are the things that you've already achieved and accomplished in your life, like actually sit down and start to journal and look at what are the things that I've done? What are the things that I've accomplished? And what was my unique role in creating and accomplishing that thing? Because part of making bolder, bigger decisions moving forward is understanding that you've already done a lot of those things. And so I think step one is just naming and articulating what you've already achieved and giving yourself credit for those things.
0: Yeah. And it's such a granular level that I think it's hard for people to see it. Once you do, I mean, that's really where that key ingredient at that granular level starts to add that to every batter that you mix moving forward. You know, to put in that analogy, it's like that special sauce. Okay, so a key question that we like to ask our audience is, you know, what's your best advice for accomplishing a one-year goal in, let's say, 90 days?
1: support, <laughs> support, 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 support. Right? Um, yeah. yeah. Why,
0: okay. So, why, does that, why is that the first thing that comes to mind for you?
1: I mean, a big part of it is my work as a coach, but I think a big part of it too is my own personal experience. You know, if you're looking at shrinking the timeline of what you want to create in a year to, you know, 90 days, it's totally possible And the thing that's going to make the difference is the quality of your choices on a minute to minute, hour to hour, day to day basis. And we as people, our natural tendency and what we are liable to do is choose from fear, choose from self-sabotage and choose from our feelings because it's safe, it's comfortable and that's generally and unconsciously where we choose from. And so the reason I say support is because with support, you have someone who is reminding you of the decisions that you've made, the commitments that you've made and who you want to be in every moment so that you can show up and more consistently choose from an empowered place versus falling back into the fear or feelings like left to my own devices, the things that I put out a year from now, maybe would would take a year, maybe might take a little bit longer because I'll go back into self-defense and self-sabotage. But because I work with a coach and because I work with a team every week, They're reminding me, hey, here's who you said you are and here's who we know you to be. And from that place, what's there to to go out and take on and do? So it's just a reminder of who you are and making more decisions consistently from that place.
0: It's the clarity of action. So if we leave a timeline, say you can do this in 365 days, but just imagine if you did it in 90. That game-changing action transformation in such a short period of time because it is possible. And here's the thing I always like to say, success is easy. We just make it hard mm. because we create all of that space and, and we waste so much of that time. And in essence, what we just shared there is you have nine months of wasted time, overthinking, overprocessing, decision overwhelm, right? All of those things. But truly, you could do it. Right. And, and, that's, and that's the thing we, yeah, we love to see because time matters. Time is currency. I think when people start to see the things that you've talked about, Hayden, as far as their own value and their worth, their authenticity, that special sauce, how it all comes together, very, very totally. powerful. I
1: mean, can you imagine if you spent every hour of the next 90 days feeling empowered and feeling like you were your highest and best? It would, it would be a complete game changer. Your entire life would change if you spent the next 90 days showing up from that place. But you need support to be able to do it. You got to right. have a reminder of some right. sort. Right. Because um, predictable. All back into your feelings. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So tell us about your podcast and, you know, who, who are the guests that you have? You know, I love to support other podcasters as well and those messages. What's the totally. name of it and what can we expect to hear?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's such an interesting time period for the podcast. I started in January. It's called the Elevate Podcast. And the idea was I really want to normalize authentic, vulnerable conversations with inspiring entrepreneurs. One, because I love talking to those folks and I love asking them about how they got where they are and the things that they've struggled with. And I think a part of it too is it also brings that kind of success down to a very real world level. Uh, I I want the people on the show to talk about the things that they've struggled with and what they continue to struggle with. Here's someone who has achieved these incredible things and they're just a person. They're just a human. They struggle with the exact same things that, that I do. So in essence, it's taking those larger off, you know, visions and goals and bringing it down to a much more like, hey, I could actually go do that, you know, kind of kind of level. Part of the reason why the timing is interesting is because I have been, you know, going through some rebranding and really just focusing in on who do I want to serve? How do I want to show up in the world? And, you know, what's the value that I want to bring? And a lot of that has centered around this idea of what does it mean to get paid to be yourself? my intention and you know, the vision that I have for this podcast is to start to bring on guests who are still those exact same types of inspiring entrepreneurs, but have businesses that are incredibly unique and incredibly authentic. And so I'm actually really excited. One of the women that I'm interviewing is as one of the first episodes after this rebrand that I'm going through. Her name's uh, Veronica Jans. She owns a business consultancy. But she's also a BDSM educator, which is really so interesting from from the outset. So like, how does that work? But she's actually built an incredibly lucrative and successful business. And the coolest part about it is she gets to show up fully authentically as herself in every interaction with her clients, with her customers, with all of her stakeholders. And that's the thing that I care most about is how do you create a business that works for you and allows you to express yourself fully out in the world. Again, what we were talking about was how do you create an external reality that's a direct reflection of who you are as a person. And that doesn't just stop at how you take vacations or how you schedule your time or the people that you have in your social circle. It also lends itself to how you design your business. Who are the clients that you work with? How do you work with them? What are the things that you work with them on? Um, And so moving forward with, with the podcast and I'm going through some name ideas. Is right now. But the idea is going to be continuing to bring those folks on to talk about how they got where they are, providing strategy and, and, and resources and frameworks and methods for creating you know, that same kind of success. And also you know, making this idea of getting paid to be yourself all the more digestible um, and accessible for people who are listening.
0: I love it. Yeah. And that when it's peaceful and easy is what you've described, like you just get in that zone, it just gets easier. You know, that's when, when you level into mastery because you truly are firing off on all engines. And that level of mastery, it's just so peaceful because you just, you do it with your eyes closed. You're habitual, like the habits that you do are serving you at your highest level. And I love to help that space. I mean, because I I, I think people Think It's like so untouchable, but in mm-hmm. essence, it can be right there. If it becomes a choice. So good Finger. stuff. Okay. So we're coming into the close of our episode. Hayden, where can we find you? How can we add you to our circle of influence?
1: To find me is my website, just haydenhumphrey.com. I'm super active on LinkedIn. Uh, you just look up my name. I'll probably be one of the first people that, that you find there. And then on other social media outlets, I'm Hayden as himself, all one word.
0: Nice. I love it. Well, that's where I found you was on LinkedIn because I, yeah, you know, we started having synergy and and I was noticing you. And that's where, you know, I, I love the hustler entrepreneur, you know, somebody who's just putting themselves out there in a consistent high level basis. And, you know, that's who our audience just desires to listen and learn from. So thank you for for that partnership. All right. So if you found this episode inspiring, join us over at Perform and Get Paid, which is our community Facebook group, where we'll engage and keep the conversation alive. Hayden, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Marlo, for having me on.
0: You bet. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and chief inspirational officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast?